Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Lest one think that such a fate is reserved only for the immature Christian, let me hasten to point out that even Barnabas got caught up in this. Again, there's something innate within us like magnet to a steel that is attracted to this notion of legalism. It feeds our our pride. Look at me. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Galatians. Whether we're a brand new disciple or an age-old believer, each and every one of us faces the danger of legalism. No matter how much of the Bible we might know, legalism can be just around the corner. In today's message, Pastor J.D. teaches us that more often than not, our pride is the common denominator when it comes to legalism. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with his continuing study called How to Solve Problems in Galatians chapter 2. Hypocrites literally means an actor or a stage player. Now, the reason I mention this and think it's important to do so is because of what a hypocrite is and does. It's all an act. It's all pretending. And this is what they were doing. They were all wearing these masks and pretending to be something that they were not. And I will submit that it's all from pride, spiritual pride. I mentioned earlier that next to selfish ambition, legalism, is the most destructive dynamic in the life of a church and the life of a Christian today. You know what the common denominator between those two are? Pride. Pride. One has aptly noted that the letter right smack in the middle of the word pride is a letter I. And interestingly, the letter right smack in the middle of the word sin is a letter I. And who was the first one to introduce the sin of pride? It wasn't on earth, it was in heaven. It wasn't Adam and Eve, it was Lucifer, who said, I will ascend my throne. I, five times, I will, I will, I will, I, yai, 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 yai. Try this. Not for the faint of heart. For those of you who keep a prayer journal or a prayer list, count how many times the letter I is in your prayer. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I did that once. (laughs) It really kind of was a game changer for me. I didn't realize how I focused I was. It was all about me. As one said, the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. 
So that's what hypocrisy is. How does hypocrisy begin? Here's the truth. Hypocrisy begins with legalism. Hypocrisy is birthed out of legalism. And here's how that works. And and please listen and stay with me. No one can keep the law. So when, not if, you break the law, the letter of the law, try as you may, you'll be forced to become an actor to keep up the facade. That's how it works. And so the legalism then becomes the catalyst for hypocrisy. Now you gotta, you got to keep it alive, so you, now you got to put the mask on to cover up the fact that you can't do that. Can't keep the law. Lest one think that such a fate is reserved only for the immature Christian, let me hasten to point out that even Barnabas got caught up in this. Again, there's something innate within us, like magnet to a steel, that is attracted to this notion of legalism. It feeds our our pride. Look at me! As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, I don't even have a TV. Ooh, wow, you must be really spiritual. The only reason I have a TV is i got to watch the news to keep up with Bible prophecy. (laughs) Nice try. But see, there's something that's, you know, innate within us, that, that pride, that spiritual pride. And by the way, there's a distinction between pride and spiritual pride. Spiritual pride is the worst. And, oh, interesting too, a little side note. You know in the Proverbs where we read that pride comes before the fall? There's a delineation between pride and a haughty spirit. Stay with me. Pride leads to the fall, but a haughty spirit to destruction. Oh! So pride will lead to the fall, but a spirit of haughtiness And arrogance will lead to complete and total destruction. That's what was happening. That's what was happening. If a Barnabas, Barnabas, son of encouragement, Paul's ministry partner, if Barnabas could be led astray and get sucked into this, says something about the draw, the pull of legalism. Here's where I'm going with this. If we ever hope to resolve relational problems in our lives, there must be authenticity. There cannot be hypocrisy. Whether or the pastor in the pulpit, or the person in the pew, our walk must match our talk. 
We must, as I'm reminded all the time by my wife of 29 years, practice what you preach. Oh, I hate that one. I hate that one. See, you got to understand something, that I get up here and I stand behind this pulpit, as is my privilege to do, but i got to own this. i got to own this. And I'm, by the way, judged by a much stricter standard than you are, James reminds us. Those that are teachers of the Word, we're going to have to give an account one day. And I have to be the same man out of this pulpit that I am in this pulpit. I'm reminded of how the harshest words ever to come out of the Savior's mouth were that of a curse upon the legalistic hypocrites. The harshest, most confrontational words ever to be uttered by the lips of the Savior were reserved for those legalists of the day. Matthew 15, verses 7 through 9 Jesus says, hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men, the traditions of men, the customs of men. In Matthew 23, verses 13 through 29, This is a tough passage of Scripture. Jesus pronounces seven woes to the scribes and Pharisees he he called hypocrites. And by the way, woes, it's not like we know woe today. Woe. (laughs) No, that was a curse. It was a curse. Cursed be you. A curse upon you, you hypocrites. So that's what hypocrisy is. That's how hypocrisy begins. But where's the hope? (laughs) Here, you're kind of depressing me, Pastor. I'm a hypocrite. What do I do? The person sitting next to me is a hypocrite. What should they? Don't look at them when I say that. (laughs) What if I told you that no Christian should ever have to wear the mask of hypocrisy. Would you believe me? What if I told you that there's no need either to despair or give up or play the hypocrite? Would you believe me? How, you ask? Oh, in a word, grace. Grace. We're under grace. I want you to turn to Romans 6, verse 14, and I I want you to do that for a reason, because uh, after, hopefully, after I'm able to talk about how this one verse has changed my life, that it will be the same for you. This, This changes everything. This changes everything. It's perhaps amongst the most understood, misunderstood verses in all the Bible. You know what the most misunderstood verse in all the Bible is? In, in Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, the love of money is the root of all evil. That's misunderstood. People say, money is the root of all evil. Money's not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Money's neutral. 
You can buy money to do good. You can buy money to do evil. Use money to do evil. Use money to do good. It's what you do with it. It's the love of money. That's the one of the, I believe, the most misunderstood verse in the Bible. This is a close second. This is a close second. Let me read it. Paul is writing, and he says, For sin, sin, shall not have dominion over you. And here's why. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. What do you mean? Okay. I always thought, early in my walk with the Lord, that this meant that the temptation of sin would no longer have dominion over me. And boy, that did not work well at all. (laughs) But it can't mean that, because Jesus was tempted. And moreover, it is not a sin to be tempted. The sin occurs when we're enticed and sin is conceived. That's when sin is born. It's not a sin to be tempted. So it can't mean that the temptation of sin shall no longer have dominion over you. It can't mean that. Here's what it does mean, and please listen. The shame and guilt of sin shall no longer dominate you. Shall no longer condemn you. It no longer has dominion over you. You want to know why? Because you're not under the law. The law condemns me. I'm condemned to death. I've been sentenced with the death penalty under the law, but not under grace. Under grace, I'm forgiven, not under the law. And that's why sin, the the guilt and the shame of sin shall no longer have dominion over me. Let me see if I can maybe illustrate that for you. Okay, here's how it works. So we didn't have a very good week last week. Didn't really have a very good day yesterday. Kind of messed up, kind of blew it again. And there's the enemy right there. You call yourself a Christian. Man, I wouldn't go to church tomorrow if I were you. Besides, it's communion Sunday, and pastor goes on and on and on and on. Besides, can you imagine if the person sitting next to you, don't look at them, if they knew what you did. And by the way, this is the same devil that enticed you to do it in the first place. And then after you do it, he's right there condemning you, shaming you. And the guilt, the, the structure of guilt that he just crushes you with is worse than the sin that you committed in the first place. And now it worked. He has dominion over you. He's brought you back under the law. So now what are you going to do? Well, obviously you're here. Thank you for coming. I'm glad you're here. But here's what he did. He said, if you go to church tomorrow, I'd I'd put that mask on if I were you. 
because no way anybody can find out. Because, man, if they find out, well, here's the thing. Here's the cool thing under grace. (laughs) The person sitting next to you, again, don't look at them. The person sitting next to you is in the same condition you are, if not worse. We're under grace. I am reminded of, and we talked about this in the prayer meeting this morning before first service, I'm reminded of what Isaiah says about the kindness of God. And we're going to see this in the uh, prophecy update with uh, regards to the Laodicean church. You know the one where Jesus is knocking on the outside to come in? Here's this lukewarm church. These are Christians. They're born-again Christians. But they're lukewarm. They're neither hot nor cold. And Jesus is knocking on the, on the door to come in and sup with them and then with him. Interesting, here's this backslidden, lukewarm church, and Jesus is knocking on the door to come in. What, to yell at them? No. To condemn them? No. To confront them? No. He wants to fellowship with them. He wants to break bread with them. He wants to eat with them. He wants to be with them. Isaiah says this, and maybe this is for somebody here today. God does not break a bruised reed. He does not snuff out a smoldering wick. Maybe you're just before the Lord, the Lord sees your heart, you're sitting here, man, you're you're a smoldering wick, you're a bruised reed. I mean, you're just kind of hanging on by the by a thread. The enemy has beats you up. You are bus up. Under grace that need not be. He has forgiven you. He has removed your sins as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more. Isaiah describes a God that is reasonable. He says, come let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them white as snow. That's grace. That's grace. What's the purpose of the law? The law is to show us us. You look at the law, into the the mirror of God's law. Look at those Ten Commandments. Oh my goodness. Is that not a mirror? Showing me, me. Commandment number one. I broke that one. Commandment number two. I broke that one too. (laughs) Commandment number three. In fact, there's some in here that I invented and broke them too. (laughs) I've broken the law. The law was never given for us to keep. The law was given for us to see us in our true condition. We're lawbreakers. And like a schoolmaster, a tutor, takes us by the hand to the Savior. Because now that I realize I'm a sinner, I realize I, I need the Savior. I need that grace. I need the grace, because under the law, I'm, I'm toast. Under grace, I'm no longer condemned. Romans 8.1, there's therefore now no condemnation, no guilt for those who are in Christ Jesus. So let's take off the masks, okay? I, I speak of myself too. I'm going to take off my mask. You take off your mask. What have we got to lose, right? 
I'm going to close with a, a story that I, I happened upon. I think it's apropos for what we're talking about when it comes to hypocrisy. A lady went to her pastor and said, Pastor, I won't be going to your church anymore. Pastor responded, but why? The lady said, um, I saw a woman gossiping about someone else. I saw a man, he's a total hypocrite. <laughs> the worship team, they're not living right. People are looking at their phones. Their heads are buried in their phone during the service. There's just so many things wrong with your church. Pastor replied, okay. But before you go, do me a favor. Take a full glass of water and walk around the church three times without spilling a drop on the ground. Afterwards, if you want, you can leave the church. Huh? Lady thought, too easy. So she gets a glass of water. She walks three times around the church as the pastor had asked. And when she finished, she told the pastor that she was ready to leave. And the pastor said, before you leave, I want to ask you one more question. When you were walking around the church, did you see anybody gossiping? Lady replied, no. Did you see any hypocrites? The lady said, no. Anyone looking at their phone? No. You know why? No. You were focused on the glass to make sure you didn't stumble and spill any water. That's why. And it's the same with our life. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, we don't have time to see the hypocrisy of others. And when our eyes are on Jesus and we behold His grace and His forgiveness, we're going to be more gracious and forgiving of others. This might be a, a word for somebody here today, and I close. It doesn't matter what they did to you. It only matters what Jesus did for you. It doesn't matter that betrayal, that sin against you, that person who hurts you, what they did to you. Get your eyes off of them and put your eyes on Jesus and what he did for you. And that'll change everything under grace. Thanks for listening today to In Spirit and Truth. We hope Pastor J.D. Farag's message from Galatians has blessed you and that you desire to learn more about Jesus. If you'd like to hear today's message again or other teachings from Pastor J.D., simply visit our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com and click on Listen at the top of the page. You'll also find a link to subscribe to our podcast, or you can download messages to share with your family and friends. Did you know you can also take In Spirit and Truth with you wherever you go? It's true. Using your Android or Apple smartphone, download our mobile app and have biblically sound messages available right at your fingertips. Links to the app are right on our website. You can find Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update online as well. These weekly updates take a critical look at what's happening in the world today, particularly in the areas talked about in the Bible. 
Many of the events we see have been prophesied in the Bible, but with all that's going on, how do we know what's real and what isn't? Pastor J.D. takes the time each week to compare world events to biblical passages and gives us a clear picture of where we are. Tune in every Friday and Saturday to hear the latest edition or find it on our mobile app. Visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com to learn more. Thanks again for joining us today on In Spirit and Truth. We're so blessed to be a part of your life in this way. We want you to know we pray for you often. Join Pastor J.D. on the next edition of In Spirit and Truth to keep learning more from the book of Galatians. Holding me true to 